Hey, Joel Palan, thanks for checking out the Morning Show with Anthony podcast today. Uh, a little bit of a mishmash here today. Just a couple of my favorite moments from today's show. Uh, of course, about the hippie phone call. Always got to praise that. A um, couple calls, an REM tidbit, a Metallica Michael Jackson tidbit. It's a little bit of a mishmash, but it's a Friday and uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm extremely, extremely in a hurry. I'm rushing out of here because I'm going to see the Irishman as part of the Hamptons International Film Festival. I heard you paint houses. Yeah, so excited about that. I heard you paint houses. I mean, Pacino, De Niro, Scorsese, Pesci, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco is in it. Ray Romano is in it. It's coming to Netflix for everybody at the end of November. It's going to be in theaters November 1st. They're putting it in theaters because they wanted to get, you know, Oscar consideration, which is a smart move when you have a cast like that. I mean, come on. Uh, but um, so I'm I'm in a hurry to do that. So basically, it's just a mishmash of a podcast today. A couple of highlights from the show. Some of the things that gave me a chuckle. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoy the film festival if you're going. Uh, and if you're seeing any good films lately, movies on Netflix or whatever, shoot me a tweet. Let me know what's out there so I know what to watch. Anthony's Faves on Twitter. That's at Anthony's Faves on Twitter. You guys can get my Twitter, my Facebook, my YouTube, my Instagram. All that info is up at WEHM.com. Under the on-air tab, click on Anthony. Okay, here's some of what we had today. EHM, this is Ant. Hey, how are you? Hi, Bud the Hippie. Um, I really, you just said, you know, you introduced that song today, hi. Yeah. And... I was wondering, at first I was wondering if that was a directive or if that was the name of the song. <laughs> but I knew if it was a directive, you weren't speaking for me. Well, I mean, I feel like you're going to hear what you want to hear regardless, so. Well, I hear most of it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so. All right, bud. Stay high, man. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, all good for me. Just don't drive. All right, pal. All right, man. Bye. Take care. EHM, this is Ant. Uh, hey, Anthony. Happy Friday, first of all. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How's um Josephine this morning? Oh, my Aunt Josie, who went in for the heart thing? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday I was talking about, on the show, I was talking about how stressful it is to put a screen protector on your new phone. Like, I got the new iPhone 11 here, and I had to put a screen protector on it. And I was nervous. It was very nerve-wracking. I went on day one of the iPhone, and the place was packed, and they wouldn't put the iPhone, they wouldn't do the, the screen protector for me because there was like 4,000 people waiting for the iPhone. I was like, come on, put the screen protector on. The guy was like, can you please look at all the people behind you? And they looked angry. They did. So I was like, all right. So then I had to go put it on myself. And I said, there's nothing more stressful in the world as my aunt's going for heart surgery. I, I'm not even worried one bit. But my screen protector, that's the work getting that on without incident. That's the problem because you get the dust in there and the bubble settles in and the whole nine yards. And it's just it's such a pain in the rear end, you know, and then you then you have to exist with that little bubbly with the dust. And, you know, and who wants to live like that? So that was the nerve wracking thing for me. So anyway, yesterday I got the screen protector and I put it on. And of course, I got a little piece, despite wiping and the sticker, I got a little piece of dust in there and now there's a little bubble around it. And now I'm stuck with that forever. I mean, the one good thing is at least my aunt died on the operating table. She doesn't have to deal with this dust bubble for the rest of her life. 
Talking a lot of REM lately, they have released a remix to their single, Let Me In, which was a track on their Monster record, which came out 25 years ago. I know that because they're about to release the 25th anniversary edition box set of that historic album. Uh, this was the song that they wrote just uh, a few days after Kurt Cobain had died. It's all about Kurt. Yeah, all those stars dripped down like butter. Isn't Michael Stipe's voice just amazing? Michael Stipe sounds amazing. Tell you, when they're mic'd up right and everything like that, God, they are so good. Miss R.E.M. Uh, We've been talking a lot about Michael Stipe. He put out his first ever solo track this past Saturday. He released it. We have a whole morning show with Anthony Vlog all about it. If you need to catch up, WEHM.com. Under the on-air tab, click on Anthony. You'll see all our vlogs. Scroll down a bit. You'll see the Michael Stipe one there. we got all the information on the new single and where you can get it. It's not on Spotify or anything like that. It's a little tricky, but it's worth it. It's good. Your Capricious Soul is the name of the record. It's really good. Uh, this one, though, which sounds amazing. That'll be a part of the uh, deluxe 25th anniversary reissue of Monster, which is coming out on November 1st. Mike Mills says, and you can read this for yourself, the article is up at WEHM.com. Right under the main slider. I remember writing it, and I wasn't thinking about Kurt specifically, but I was kind of in an angry, melodic mood. We were all pretty devastated by what happened, so when Michael Stipe heard the riff, he thought that it would be a suitable setting for him to get some of his feelings out about Kurt. Peter Buck actually played one of Kurt's guitars on this track. And I can't see all the birds look down and laugh at me. Cool stuff. One of my favorites. Can't wait for that to come out November 1st. Let me in. Anybody else a little... I'm uncomfortable with these two stories, actually. And you can you can call me soft or you can call me whatever you want. But I'm a little uncomfortable with a couple of these things here. The first one is that Metallica announced that they're going to be headlining five festivals come summer 2020 and that they're going to be doing this like really cool, interesting thing where they're doing different sets. Every single set's going to be different. They're doing two nights at all the five festivals. So it's like 10 different sets. Super cool. Metallica fans rejoice. But James Hetfield just went into rehab and it's October. I feel like like I just felt odd watching this stream of them announcing it and going, we're super excited. We're going to be doing all these crazy things. And the guy is like sitting there in rehab. Like, and by the way, not his first go at the whole rehab thing. I just feel odd about putting a huge thing like this on the books with this guy trying to get himself help and get fixed. Right? Like, isn't that a little like, isn't the pressure on then? It's like, hey, man, go get yourself right. You know, we, we care about you. We do but by the way, you know, uh, clock's ticking because summertime, we got to get out there. And, you know, I just feel 
I just feel weird about it a little bit. Like you got to let that process play out. It should be open ended, especially for a guy like James who lives that odd lifestyle of being a musician touring around the world, which is never comfortable to get back in, you know, to get in and out of. And the fact that he's been struggling with this for a really, really long time. I don't know. I just I wouldn't have announced this, especially right now. I wouldn't have even committed to it. I've been like, we're not going to commit to anything till he's okay. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's helpful that he's committing to something, gives him a goal, gives him a date to shoot for. It could be. I don't know. The other thing that makes me a smidge uncomfortable is there's a a Michael Jackson um, musical that is going to head to Broadway. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how this is received because, you know, we do live in a time of cancel culture where everybody overreacts to everything and wants everything to just go away and be canceled the second they feel, you know, they feel the need to. Uh, But on the other hand, I did watch that documentary on HBO, Leaving Neverland, and I couldn't ever see plunking down money for this. I honestly couldn't. Um, I'm not saying Michael Jackson's canceled. I'm not saying we have to erase him as a society. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't put money down on this. And it just it feels odd that with all the stuff out there besides this documentary that they would they would roll with this. Like, I'm not saying from, you know, what's right or wrong and, you know, all that. I'm just saying from purely a financial standpoint, which is what these things all usually come down to anyway. Let's be honest with each other. You would think that the people backing this are kind of like you you know, you're going to face a lot of backlash here. You know, you're going to get taken you know, you know, you're, you're going to get taken out to the woodshed with people that aren't going to support this or come out and try and get it canceled. I'm just surprised. It's a little bit of a controversial move. If you ask me. Um, Broadway musical set to officially open in 2020. New York Times reports the production formerly known as Don't Stop Till You Get Enough is set to debut at the Neil Simon Theater. Previous launch July 6th, while the official opening is scheduled for August 13th. Reportedly, the, f- the story focuses on Jackson ahead of his launching of the Dangerous World Tour in 1992 in an era in which the King of Pops' alleged sexual abuse of young boys was already ongoing secret. Director Christopher Wielden, who won a Tony for An American in Paris, previously stated that the bio-musical would lean into the complexities, lean into the darkness, but also recognize the great amount of music and film and choreography that Michael left behind. I still think we're struggling and trying to figure out how to handle these things because you do have a great, unbelievable talented icon on one side that was a revolutionizing person in the music industry insanely talented just one just just magnetic and on the other hand you have all these you know dark allegations and horrible things like you know i still think we're trying to make sense of all of this but i feel like this musical coming out is going to be a boiling point it's definitely going to be a boiling point i mean i just me personally i'm not saying this should be canceled because I'm not cancel culture, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money on this. Even though I did enjoy his music for a long, long time. Really, really did. I still do. I'm not going to lie to you. If it comes on, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't actively find myself putting it on, though. Not after watching that documentary. Just weird. Remember the sweater that uh, Kurt Cobain wore in MTV Unplugged? It's like a fame, like... They made a poster, a t-shirt, like that sweater lived on forever. It looked like an old man's sweater. Maybe some people describe it as scratchy. I don't know. Uh, That is going up for auction. It is still in its original condition. It has never been washed. 
I want to say never been washed since Kurt wore it, but I don't know if it's ever been washed. Period. Darren Julian of Julian's Auctions told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, it is very important that we don't wash it. The stains are still there. There's even cigarette burns that you can see on the sweater. Uh, the clothing item, which is also distinctly missing one of its five buttons, will be available for bidding on Julian's Auctions beginning October 25th. It is expected to nab a whopping $300,000. $300,000. That is more than double what the cardigan sweater sold for just a few years ago during a 2015 auction. It was bought by an anonymous businessman for $137,000. By the way, it is gross looking. There's like stains on it and everything. It is... I love Kurt Cobain. I would probably like to own this, but I would never put it. I would never touch it. <laughs> I would never, ever touch it. 300000 Not a bad investment for four years. Uh, 137000 to buy it for. Was that $263,000 profit? Not bad. No, $163,000 profit. Yep, $163,000 profit. I mean... That's a lot in four years. Did he get that much more popular? I don't know. It's a shrewd businessman, whoever that anonymous business person is. By the way, do you know how many Brooklyn and sheets you could buy with $300,000? You could probably outfit the whole state. I mean, you know, the thing. Well, listen, not if you buy from Brooklyn and direct, but if you use my special promo code and you get 10% off and free shipping, that's going to help you out there. That is going to help you out. For three hundred thousand dollars, we could do some damage. We could, we could really, we could hook up, hook some people up around uh, Long Island for sure. I mean, best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Have I mentioned that? I feel like I haven't really mentioned that enough. So, before you go out there and buy a Kurt Cobain sweater, think about the ultimate form of self care: making your home beautiful, making yourself comfortable. I mean, you spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? Yes, you want to get out of those sheets and look at the Kurt Cobain sweater, but I'm just saying, I think you're going to get more. I would even gather that if you were to buy Brooklyn and sheets, they would probably, after four years, be worth $163,000 more. That's just my guess. That is just, uh, I, I can't, you know, there's no applied sciences here, but I think if you bought Brooklyn and sheets today, use the promo code ANT, to get 10% off in free shipping, four years from now, you can go ahead and flip those sheets and make $163,000 profit. That's just a guess. That's no guarantee. And by the way, the lawyers are probably going to make me say something like, the crazy stuff I say is not representative of WEHM, its management, or its subsidiary. <laughs> um, Brooklyn and best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. They look far more comfortable and luxurious than this Kurt Cobain sweater. Respect, Kurt. I love you, but this shirt, this sweater is disgusting looking. Uh, and their towels are really starting to make some noise. People are buzzing about their towels. I couldn't recommend the sheets more. For friends, family, or treating yourself to the upgrade you deserve, uh, you know, make your own little uh, bathroom a nice little spot. Get those towels out there. Brooklinen.com has the exclusive offer just for the morning show with Anthony listeners. 10% off and free shipping. When you use the promo code ANT at Brooklinen.com, Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. I had one of those lifetime warranties from the wall. Remember the wall? They used to give you the little sticker. 
be like, stick this on the outside of your CD case. And if anything goes wrong with your CD, just bring it back to us and we'll replace it. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you now? The wall out of business. What's Ant left with? Nothing but scratch CDs. Don't let that happen to you. Brooklyn is not the wall. They will be here for a long time. Lifetime warranty on those towels, comforters, and sheets. Only way to get 10% off in free shipping is to use the promo code ANT at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code ANT. I remember my my uh, unplugged CD got all scratched up and I was so upset. But you know what's hysterical about all that now? We sit here in 2013 and who really cares if the CD is scratched up? Like, I remember when Apple Music and Spotify and all those uh, Pandora started gaining ground. I was kind of like, oh, I don't have to worry about those scratch CDs anymore. I just stream the songs. That makes sense. But didn't it mess you up? Now, be honest. And this this goes for the vinyl lovers, too. Doesn't it mess you up when you're listening like to a song on EHM or if you're listening on Spotify and there's not a skip or a blip or whatever it is in the normal spot that you're used to? <laughs> Because that still happens to me. You'd get a skip in the CD and it just became ingrained in part of the song. And now you listen to the same song on streaming and it doesn't come out that way. And you're like, oh, what the hell? It feels weird. It feels like a. it feels a little bit odd. It feels like the tiniest, minute, minute, like out of body experience where you're kind of like, this isn't happening the way it should be happening. Uh, anyway, Brooklyn, in, these are the best sheets ever.